Welcome to the Macro Millionaire Podcast with Jesse and Erica Dale, where we explore how to get the most out of life, focusing on purpose, passion, and prosperity. Welcome, Macro Millionaires. We are in a three-part series right now on the 12 traits of successful entrepreneurs. And I feel like, you know, you always have the bun, like the first four, and then the middle four, and then the next four. I feel like these are meaty. These are meaty. Now, we don't know what the, what the final four are, if they're going to be bun. And I'm not calling the first four bun, but I just feel that these are really meat. And I love the sandwich analogy. So, well, hey, maybe you're it. a carb lover. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to dive right into our first of the four. And uh, it's simply that successful entrepreneurs prefer to lead rather than follow. And what that means is not necessarily that they are a leader in the sense that they're leading big teams and they're standing on stages and things like that. That is part of it or could be part of it, but simply that they are leading the way, right? They're doing the do, they're down in the trenches. They're not just talking the talk, but they're actually walking the walk. And that's something that John C. Maxwell talks about is moral authority. And the way that you gain moral, moral authority is by doing the do. Right? So if you're telling your team that they should do XYZ, but you're not doing XYZ, or maybe you've never done XYZ, it may be really hard for them to follow the lead. So one thing that I do inside of my network marketing company is I'm always the pace setter. Or you will never see me put up a zero for my month. I will always at least put up one enrollment because that's what I want my team to do. And I can't ask them or coach them to do something that I am not willing to do myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of that gets misconstrued because you'll have someone who did a lot of the do, did a, uh, you know, put a lot of the work in, who now maybe they built up abundance where they can have people to hire out and have like a virtual assistant or to delegate off some of the tasks. So, but they built up to that. And I think that those people still get into the trenches every once in a while because frankly, they love it. Yeah, one of the, my favorite statements, questions, I don't know what you want to say is uh, one of my mentors says, you know, she has people come up to her all the time and they say, well, I want what you want. And she says, but are you willing to do what I've done? Right. That no. doesn't necessarily mean she's doing it right now. She's, you know, 10 years in the making, but are you willing to do what she did to get to where she is? Absolutely. And sometimes that does involve a financial sacrifice of paying people to do tasks that you could do yourself, but then they allow you to tackle bigger tasks. I think a lot of people uh, struggle with that because they want to be able to do it all. Mm. So, no, absolutely. So the next one would be they love problems. No, listen, nobody loves problems. But when they're confronted with a, a problem, they go into solution mode. They go, they, they go into ownership mode. If there's a problem that's the preventing their business from moving forward, it's not the blame game. It's not all this or all that. And, you know, one finger pointing outward and three pointing back to themselves, right? They embrace the problem. They take full ownership, whether the weather didn't work out and knocked out a Zoom or whatever. You know, they embrace the, the problem, take 100% responsibility, 100% ownership, and 
work on the problem. I think a lot of non-successful entrepreneurs dwell on the problem or just dwell on the blame and the fault and how it was out of their control and then never get to addressing the problem. Absolutely. And I think by solving problems, you, if you have a problem now, it's going to repeat itself. That's just how life works. So if you're able to solve it, well, now when it comes up again, you can solve it again and again and again. You can think back to what you did the last time, what's in your tool belt because you were able to already figure that out. Yeah. And Grant Cardone, I love what he says. He says, you know, you're being successful when you've created more problems. And that is hundred percent true. If you enrolled in your company right now, 50 people today, you probably have a big problem. Yeah. You, you know, good problem to yeah. Have. <laughs> so no, absolutely. I love that. So next is, and this is a good, a funny one because the next is have something to prove to themselves. Now we generally try to follow a mantra of, Hey, have nothing to prove. Mm, okay. Yes. But have something to prove to themselves. Generally entrepreneurs, not generally, but entrepreneurs, they know that they are built with a certain capacity and it's not just knowing like, well, I could do that. They want to prove to themselves and nobody else that they can do that. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to just be like, well, I could do that. And I used to play that game. I used to think, well, I could be a millionaire if I did this, 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 and this, or I could have this great physique if, if I was willing to give up this, this, and this. So I knew that there was a capacity, but now I'm striving towards those goals and putting the action needed to strive towards those goals to prove that my capacity statement is accurate. Now, again, I have no one to prove that to, but myself. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it, again, we, we don't, we follow that nothing to prove, right? right. Nothing to prove to, to the world, to anything else. But I had a woman join my team. And when I was talking to her before she was joining, I said, well, what, you know, what really is driving you to get started? What makes you want to do this? And she said that everything she's ever started, she doesn't complete. And she mm. knows her children are watching her not complete time and time again and she wants to do something and to prove that she can actually do it and i just thought that was really powerful yeah no absolutely all right and then our final one and this is probably <laughs> my favorite yeah um is successful entrepreneurs seldom get sick now does that mean like we have the immune systems of uh, goddesses <laughs> and god sharks i was gonna say sharks <laughs> not necessarily yes we do the things to keep us healthy like eating well and exercising and getting enough sleep and recovering all of that but what i mean is even when we are maybe sick or not feeling well we still show up mm. right we we are not going to call in on our own dreams and that's essentially what we're doing when we just take the, the day, the week, the whatever. And now there are times, guys, I'm not telling you like that you should just power through everything. You also need to listen to your bodies. But when I was an employee, when I worked a, a nine to five, and I've never actually worked a nine to five, but when I worked a job and I had X amount of sick days per year, guess how many of those sick days I used? Every single one. Why? Because it wasn't my dream. I was working for someone else. I loved what I did. Don't get me wrong, but I had amount of, of days to use and I used every single one of them. I don't get sick days now and I don't use sick days now. I mean, I, I tell this story all the time and this isn't to brag or to toot my own horn, but I remember being in bed one day, physically throwing up, physically sick. Mm -hmm. And I had someone that was supposed to be calling me that day to join my team. Do you think I just pushed her off to the next day? No, 
I took her phone call in between being sick. I wrote down her information and I put her in when I could actually get out of bed because I'm building my dream. I'm building our legacy. And it was so important that I didn't show up sick for that. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you that whether you're an entrepreneur or not, successful people, now it doesn't say never, right. but it says seldom get sick. And I'm, a complete, I'm completely in agreement with this. When I, when I was a district manager for multiple health clubs, I didn't call in sick once. I'm going to tell you, not one time did I call in sick. I'd, I'd maybe hobble in until noon and then maybe take off once or twice. I can tell you my dad worked for General Motors 30 years straight with that one sick day. I kid you not. Like it's not, I mean, that should be in the Guinness Book of World Records for real. And he, he wasn't, you know, the healthiest, healthiest person in the world. He wasn't out running marathons or, or nothing. But I, I just feel it's, it says something to your grit and your tenacity if you rarely call in sick. And like uh, Erica said, your passion, your enthusiasm for what you're doing. I liked what I was doing running health clubs at the time. I don't think if I did like it, or if I didn't like it, I probably would have used every single sick day. And I watched people around me use every vacation day, every sick day, like religiously. They would they would have it on their calendar of when to call in sick. It yeah. was nuts. I think that that's a, a good um, a good indicator that maybe you're burning out or you're feeling the burnout or maybe mm. you're not in your calling yet or you're not really living out your passion. That's a great point. Because like Jesse said, you know, he was he was an employee. He was a district manager, but he loved it and he was growing he was yeah. moving up you know oh, and, yeah. and yeah. and getting more responsibility and, and growing his paycheck and all those things that definitely ties into it i'll be honest when i was calling in sick all the time i was miserable in my job i, I loved what i did i didn't love who i worked for i didn't love uh, being micromanaged i didn't love some of the things that came along with it and so i think that that's a really good indicator if you're someone that find yourself calling in sick or maybe you're canceling appointments or canceling calls or things like that, you may need to really kind of dig in deep as to why that's going on. Yeah. Great point. If you don't have a plan B yet and you're calling in sick on your plan A and you're using every vacation day and every sick day and every holiday, that's probably a big recipe that you may have not be in your calling. I would find one of the many, many, many plan Bs. There's thousands of them out there. We've actually done a podcast on them. Yeah. Um, and plug into that. And you'll never work another day in your life when you really find that passion. Absolutely. So those are the, the second phase of our 12 traits. We'll be back next week with the last four or as Jesse says, the bun. <laughs> we'll see if it's the bun. <laughs> and you guys or maybe can we'll decide. go out with a bang. It's either me the bun or the bang. Right. We'll Hopefully the firecracker for you. Yeah. But as always, we appreciate every single one of our listeners. And if you feel that this is relevant to, to share with friends, share with coworkers, share with uh, maybe people in your network, we would appreciate it. And we hope that you have an incredible and safe weekend. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us on today's Macro Millionaire Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a millionaire review. Until next time, keep working toward the abundant life you deserve.